is Joshua Hansen. I'll be your host today on the Full of Zeal podcast. And I'm here with a special guest and friend, Steve Holmstrom. Steve, uh, welcome to the podcast. Hey, good to be with you. Hey. Um, he uh, runs the altar up in Drayton Valley. Yep. And uh, you run a ministry called the Oil Patch Pulpit. Can yeah, you, can Oil you, Patch Pulpit. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, Oil Patch Pulpit started... Oh, I don't know. Is it five or six years ago? I was, uh, uh, one of my staff actually was, uh, was pushing me. I, w I wasn't, I was tr starting to travel a little bit more. I, there was a season in my life where I was out of ministry uh, when I first moved to Drayton Valley. And uh, it was just even just a, a time in my life where I just, I wasn't really leaning into the Lord. I had some compromise in my life and the Lord just said, you're not preaching anywhere. Even when people would ask me, he just said, nope, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I went through my little time on the backside of the mountain, got a good mm. spanking from the Lord, and we learned lots. Uh, save that for another day. But as I began to lean into the Lord, the word of the Lord started to burn in me again. And mm. uh, and he started to release me to share a little bit here and there. And one of my staff, mm. uh, actually, uh, and a friend of mine, Mark, he had said, Steve, you need to you need to start preaching to the guys out in the patch. Like mm -hmm. these, many of these guys work every Sunday. They never get to church. Some of them wouldn't go to church, yeah. but there are many of them that actually love the Lord. And in many industries where, you know, some of these guys, truckers who are never around on a Sunday, but they want the word. Why don't you start making videos? And so I remember I made my first video. I was so nervous i mean to try to put myself in front of a camera and imagine that there are people there and then i'm talking to them and i was just sweating and i i set it up in a boat yeah out on the lake with mm -hmm. lights and everything and it was like 800 takes to try to get this little whatever it was five minute or 10 minute video i still yeah. have that episode one you can see me nervous in my boat but uh <laughs> i don't know how many we've done probably a couple hundred episodes now wow. uh, it's on youtube uh, and, uh, and we have a website, oilpatchpulpit.com. Come on. But I just started sharing. And now, basically, what it, what it became to me was a place where I could just release whatever was burning my heart. I spent a lot mm -hmm. of time meditating on the Word every right. day. I meditate day and night. That's just what I feel called to as, mm -hmm. as my lifestyle is just to meditate day and night. So when I'm meditating on something and it's burning in me, usually I'm driving down the road or something. Yeah. I'll just pull over, set up a camera. Hey guys, I got a great verse for you today and I'll preach it while it's hot in my heart. And so that's what Oil Patch Pulpit is. It's just a place uh, where I can release the stuff that God has uh, put in me and people from the Oil Patch watch it. But I also got a, a lot of people in the city. I got a few people that are not all that redneck and then I got some radical rednecks yeah uh, and so, so you have a spectrum yeah there. i've got a spectrum but it's just <laughs> a place where if people want to listen to steve they go to oil patch pulpit i love that i love that and i we were talking a bit about that too uh prior to recording on how um it's it's more effective sometimes to just go on that word of what's current yeah versus there's not as much life on that past word yeah yeah, no, for me, when I, when something is burning fresh in me that moment, I don't, I mean, I, I preach on Sunday, you know, I'm, I have messages, but if I can preach it right now, yeah, in that moment, rather than wait till next Sunday where I'm at some church, yeah. uh, I, I like to do it in the moment. And, uh, and I've had, I've had 
moments in my pickup truck with a literally with my phone on the dashboard <laughs> and I can feel the anointing. Mm. I'm trying not to like look weird, but I'm I can feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit resting on me as yeah. I'm releasing this word. And uh, and I'll have people say to me six months later, when you said this, and they'll tell me, yeah, it just touched my life. It was just what I needed in that moment. And I can't even remember saying that. But in that moment, in that pickup, God was speaking and I released it and then completely forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and, and I liken it to prophecy sometimes. Yeah, of like that's right. When it goes spirit mouth, it doesn't go spirit mind mouth. Yeah. Like it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't go right. through your intellect. It's, it's something that comes from your spirit. And then once it's released, that's gone. Yeah. And so when someone comes up to me after prophecy and they're like, Hey, that word that you gave me three months ago, I'm like, what word yeah. did, did I even prophesy over you? Because I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not putting that through my brain. Yeah. And the great thing about video like this is you can reach people that don't live in Calgary. Yeah. You can reach people everywhere, you know? And yeah. so it's video is a great outlet. Once you can kind of relax and get used to it, it's a great way to minister to people. I don't think it should replace local church. I don't think it's supposed to be, this is how I get fed, but it's, it's kind of in addition to, you right. know, and, uh, and it's fun to see how far these go and you'll hear about it later. Like how I remember one time I went out, I was hunting and I was there, there, I was looking kind of on Google maps and I could see this one area was just all bush and it was just way out in the middle of nowhere. And so I thought, that's where the deer are. So I drove way out there and I thought it was Crown Land. When I got there, I realized, oh no, there's a little farmhouse at the end of this dirt road. And I thought, wow, I'm going to ask for permission to shoot, you know, to see if I can hunt on their land, you know, and I'm hoping that they'll be nice and gracious. And I go, uh, and this little old farmhouse at the end of the road and knock, knock, knock. And then the woman opens the door and she says, Stephen Holstrom at my door. And I'm like, uh, do I know you now? She's like, I watch Oil Dash Velvet. She's as redneck as, as a bowling pin. You know what I mean? And, and I just, I laughed so hard. I said, well, that's wonderful. I said, yeah. would you let me hunt on your land? She said, I'll have hot chocolate ready for you, when you after you shoot the buck. He's at the top of the hill. She told me exactly where to stand. She said, just sit over by those bushes. Call, he'll pop right out. Yeah. She told me exactly where he'd be. My son was with me. Yeah. We went out. That was his first buck. Nice. And uh, when we shot him, yep. sure enough, she had a hot chocolate. Right? That's Ready, incredible. You know? but, but you don't realize how far these little videos will go. You know, some mm. someone at the end of the road who uh, maybe doesn't even get to church, but they'll watch this video and it'll, it'll touch their heart. Wow. Yeah. So what's, what's your process look like in the background? Because a lot of people they see the effect of our process. They see the end result of our process. And so how, how do you get to the point where you actually release something? What's that look like for you? Um, for me, meditation. Uh, I meditate on the word every day. And so it always starts with that. I'm not trying to find a sermon. I, I, I start marinating. This is, I call it marinating. Mm. This is something I did. I started in 2014. Uh, the Lord began to really, 2014 was the big, that was the year everything changed for me. <clears throat> I had a lot of compromise uh, in my life. And uh, 2014, it was just God, it was like, he just grabbed me by the cuff and said, boy, and really in no uncertain words, 
if you don't deal with your sin and say yes to me now, hmm. I have a new plan for your life and it's this big. I knew there was this moment where it was like, Steve, I have massive things for you. Yeah. But if you don't deal with this stuff right now, mm. that stuff's gone. Mm. And I got a new plan for you. You'll still get to heaven, but your destiny is this big. Wow. And, I, and he confronted me mm. about stuff in my life. And that year, I, I remember July the 24th. One of them was just smoking, which it's not, I'm not I don't think it's a sin for, uh, there's no Bible verse against it. So I don't call it a sin. But for me, that was one thing the Lord had asked for me many, many times. Mm. But I just smoked. Cigars like they were going out of style every day. It was just something that brought me comfort. Mm. And he had asked me a hundred times to quit. And I just said, Lord, just leave that alone. Right. And I remember that day, it was July the 24th. He just, he's Steve, you quit today or I'm doing course correction on your destiny. And I remember I fell on my knees and I begged for mercy. And I said, I'll never smoke another day in my life. And I haven't. Wow. And that was the first yes. But then he asked for something else. And then he asked for something else. But 2014 was a year of surrender and saying yes to God. And one of the things he said to me was, Steve, you got to start memorizing and meditating on my word. And so I bought a little book at the at the <clears throat> Starbucks, a little moleskin uh, you get the little notepad, moleskin notepad. They're like twenty bucks, but they let they can they can put them in your pocket for five years and they still hold up. Uh, a little three hundred page, and I started writing out key life verses and scriptures that God had highlighted to me. I started writing them in there, and when I wrote it in my marinade, I call it my marinade. I that was a commitment. I'm gonna memorize this, and I'm gonna meditate on it for the rest of my life. Wow. And, uh, and so I started filling it pretty soon. I filled that with hundreds of scriptures and then I started a second one and I started filling that one up and, and over the last, what has that been since 2014, nine years, uh, I've just, I've made memorization of meditation, the largest chunk of my time. People say, how do you spend time with God? 60 to 70% of my time devotional time mm. is memorizing and meditating and chewing and chewing on the word of God. Yeah. And uh, I can say that when I, when I started doing that 2014, mm. everything changed. I mean, wow. my marriage changed, my relationship with my kids changed, my relationship with God exploded mm. financially. We were already doing really well in 2013, like mm. really well. 2014, the year I started doing that, our finances exploded, doubled, millions. Uh, that year, everything hmm. took off. And from that time until this, I can say I have watched, and I'm not, a, I don't think I'm an extraordinarily hardworking person. I know I'm not an extraordinarily smart person, but I have watched the favor of God in my life, the kiss of God in my life. It, I feel so unworthy of the blessing. I, I pinch myself all the time. This week, I pinched myself saying, God, why are you so nice to me? The blessing of the Lord that follows me, chases me down is outrageous. But you know, the Bible says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do what it says and you will prosper and you will be successful. Psalm 1 says the same thing, that the blessed man meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water. Hallelujah. His leaf doesn't weather. He bears fruit in all seasons. Why? Because even if it doesn't rain, he's 
planted by streams of water. Right. He's always drinking. I watch people are like, oh no, what if Notley gets in again? Oh no, what will that do to the oil patch? Oh no. And I go, I pray to God for good government. Yeah. But I know that I'm going to prosper no matter what. Right. Because I have the kiss of God on my life. Because I meditate day and night. And so I meditate and I marinate and I do this every day. It's, it's a labor of love. I enjoy doing it, but it's work. It's a choice. Paul says, I die daily. But I do this every single day. And every day as I'm meditating on his word, it just starts burning. Hmm. And, and that's what I preach. That's what I preach is what burns. What, whatever is burning in me, that's what I preach. People invite me to come speak at their gatherings or whatever. And, and I just, what's burning? I don't spend a hundred hours. I used to spend a hundred hours writing a sermon, full manuscript. <laughs> Not anymore. I just feed my spirit, mm. feed my spirit. And then when I show up, mm, what's burning? Right. That's burning. That's what I preach. Yeah. And so I, I had one person invite me to a gathering recently and said, Steve, preach on anything you want except this one thing. Mm-hmm. This is literally, this happened. Some of our board members were, were saying uh, <laughs> they were going through oil patch, Paul, but they're not comfortable with this, this one thing that you say. Mm-hmm. So if you can preach on anything except that, that would be great. And I said, <laughs> you should probably find yourself another speaker. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. now that that's what I'm going to want to preach on. Of course. No, 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 no. Okay, come preach whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, I ended up preaching something else anyway. But right. I have to just marinate, yeah. meditate, lean into the Lord, yeah. say yes to God, live the kind of life that reaches through the veil. Right. And then just whatever comes to your heart. That's what I that's what I preach. And so that's kind of my process, is just I love to memorize and meditate, you know, and, yeah. and not not always new stuff. Yeah. Most of what I'm meditating on hmm. is stuff I've been meditating on for years now. Wow. Once I put it in my marinade, that's a, it's a big commitment. I'm hmm. going to memorize it. I'm going to meditate on it for the rest of my life. So I'm not quick to just throw scriptures in there. Right. Pretty soon you got 10,000 and it's hard to get through them, you know. Yeah. But I have hundreds now. There's many hmm. hundreds of passages of scriptures and some of them are whole chapters. So yeah. I mean, it's a lot now. Well, but you've I had go nine years. Them. I've been doing this for nine years, but I go through them from beginning to end. I go back and forth and back Mm -hmm. and forth. And every month or two, I'll get back to every single one Mm -hmm. and I'll marinate and meditate on it. And once in a while, throw in a new one, you know, but I keep meditating. And the ones that I've been marinating on for seven, eight, nine years, oh, Mm -hmm. that's the hottest stuff in me. Right. When I preach that and when I meditate on it now, I'll get new stuff that I haven't got nine years ago. Right. But that's the stuff that gets the hottest in me. And so when people hear me preach and this stuff just starts coming out and they think, mm. I haven't memorized the whole Bible, but that passage, right? I've been chewing on that for eight and a half years. Uh, when I say that, yeah, you feel it. Someone yeah. else could say the same thing, but they haven't mm. soaked their soul in it for eight years. Yeah. So it doesn't have the same anointing. Mm. When you marinate, I call it marinating yeah. because you're I, I marinating. Like when you marinate your heart, soul, and mind hmm. on Romans 8, Romans 8, I spend a lot of time in the Romans 8. Wigglesworth said, if you can only get into Romans 8, you'll be sin-proof and devil-proof. Come on. That was enough for me. I'll memorize it. Yeah. When you marinate in Romans 8 and you live there for a few years, hmm. it, then when you release it, 
people know it's coming from a deep place and they can taste it. You know, it's just yeah. like a steak. You can taste one that's marinated versus one that just, yeah. you know. Yeah. Anyway, that's my process. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I I was fine just to listen. I wasn't going to interrupt that. <laughs> and and I, I feel like within that process too, it's it's not uniform to preachers either. No. You know, this isn't, isn't something that you're doing to prepare a sermon. It's something that you're doing to spend time in your relationship with him. Yeah. And develop that intimacy and let that, that life flow out of you that those circumstances for you aren't external. Yeah. Like I, I don't need my external circumstances to line up in order for my life to be good. Yeah. For me to be fed, for me to be watered for, it's like, no, I have my source. I have, yeah. I built a reservoir as it were. Absolutely. That, and and if, if I lose all of this tomorrow, it's in my heart. Yeah. Whereas like, I don't know how long the average Christian can last without like, how can you go to If days? you didn't go to church or if you didn't have someone else to preach to you. Yeah. No, I have people, and I hear people talk, praying, and I am. I pray, I fast, pray for revival to break out corporately and in our nation. But I'm not like waiting for revival because I need to be touched by God. Mm. I have been in revival since 2014. Mm. I feel him all the time. I I feel him. Yeah. I experience him. I am in revival. Yeah. I am a revival. And if I can get one or two people in a room, I can often get what's on me onto them. Right. I pray for this corporate thing that people just walk into. And we see little bits of that. We're seeing more of that in our right. some of our outdoor gatherings in the summer where people just step onto the land and they feel the presence of the Lord. Yeah. So we pray for that. But, you know, that's the thing about being a tree planted by a stream of water. Mm. While everyone else is waiting for rain hmm. so they can be green, you're always green. Right. You're always refreshed. And they look at you. It must be nice. Is it because you're like, <laughs> do you have better DNA? No. Do you work harder than me? No. Hmm. What, why are you so green? Why are you so refreshed? Because I'm planted by the stream. Because right. my roots are wet all the time. That's what meditation does. Meditation on the word of God. Not just memorizing, but chewing on it. Right. Over and over and over again. Yeah. It, it's interesting because um, one of my first memories of you uh, was when I moved to Calgary. And um, I was attending Ken Gill's church the ripple center oh yeah and you you it was probably about eight years ago too and you began to share just out of your heart out of what you were going through but you you talked about how um it takes time for our hearts to warm up mm. before the lord mm -hmm. and and it was something that impacted me and just a picture i've always kept with me of I think you used the frost on the roof was yeah. kind of, can, can you talk a little bit to that? What, what that process of um, bringing our hearts before the Lord and mm -hmm. what that looks like? You know, for me, I think it just, it's time. And this is the gift that many people are not willing to give God. Hmm. They'll maybe read about, read my chapter a day so I can check that off. Uh, Pray, you know, do a little, go down the prayer list, just 
But is it because I really believe in the power of prayer or is it because I want to tell Sue that I've been praying for her? Right. You know what I mean? We kind of have our little religious things and we can jam them into 15, 20 minutes or maybe an hour. But there's something that happens to those who wait on the Lord. And to do that, you have to turn off your phone. And that is the hardest thing in this culture. But God, you know, Bobby Connor said this one time. He says, when it comes to seeking my face, the Lord said to him, when it comes to seeking my face, you tell people I hate multitasking. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to do it on the go. And I do it on the go too. I meditate while I'm driving. I'm not saying I don't multitask. I add it. But what God is really looking for is for people in this busy uh, season of history who will choose to wait on the Lord, who will set apart a blocks of time. And for me, that takes, it takes me hours, but just to wait on the Lord, to spend two, sometimes three, it's four, so the whole day, whatever. But to find times, set apart, turn off my phone, wait on the Lord. I usually start with meditation and meditating and <clears throat> memorizing, meditating. We get into worship, but then just sitting there, just sitting there waiting. My license plate on my truck is waiting. <laughs> That's what it is. People say, what are you waiting for? The Lord. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's coming. Yeah. But you know what? It, it, waiting. They mm. that wait for the Lord will gain new strength. Mm. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk mm. and not faint. People are so busy. Their, their lives are like a freeway. Right. These people cannot encounter the kingdom of God. They go to heaven when they die, but they right. miss the kingdom of God on earth because right. God can't manifest. The, the, the kingdom of God doesn't manifest in freeway lifestyle. Right. Jesus said there's different... He's, he sows seed, okay? The farmer went out to sow seed. He only sows good seed. He doesn't mm -hmm. sleep so bad seed here and good seed here. Well, you're a good guy. I'm going to give you some good seed. Well, you, I don't care for you. I'll give you some. No, he only sells good seed. But the difference between the fruitful ones mm -hmm. and the unfruitful ones is the soil. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> some people are like soil. He says, cast on a road. That's mm -hmm. the freeway people. People whose lives are so busy. Have you ever tried to sow seed in the middle of... Uh, highway 2? <laughs> no, nor would I try. Would you try? Why? Because the best seed in the world that lands on Highway 2 is going to just be useless and bear no fruit whatsoever. Mm. When you sow seed, good seed into a busy life, it goes nowhere. Other mm. people, he said, is like, uh, you know, rocky ground you know they, there's a little bit of dirt there and so they'll sprout quickly you see those people they're the ones who run up to you that message changed my life i'm never going to be the same and you're like oh sure you'll forget it by tuesday yeah you know they're going <laughs> to forget it by tuesday but those are the ones who quick they sprout up the quickest the ones mm. who react the quickest are not usually the most spiritual hmm. they're often the most shallow hmm. They just, they're, 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 there's a lot of, there's just a lot of gravel. There's a little bit of dirt, just enough to sprout. Right. He says, other people are like soil where there's thorns and thistles. These are the people who love money and worry about life. Hmm. And uh, those people, they'll get some, they actually, uh, the money people and the warriors, they'll actually sometimes see even more of a harvest than the shallow people. 
but eventually their love for money and their worry chokes them out mm. and they lose their harvest too. Mm. Rich soil mm. is soil that does not have busyness, yeah. shallowness, mm. or the love of money or worry. So really, it's, it's, it's not just what's in you. It's what's not in you. That's what makes you rich soil. And he says, that's the kind of soil that bears good fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold. Mm. And so uh, we, um, we have to embrace quiet lives, not so busy. We have to reject fear and worry. And, and I think anyone who makes time for the Lord, like real time, they won't be shallow, you know, and, right. and the shallowness disappears as you begin to wait on the Lord. And so waiting on the Lord, getting a quiet place, turning off your phone and waiting on the Lord. And, and when the worries and all of that stuff comes up, you just repent of it. You reject it. You push it away. You say, Lord, I trust in you. I'm not I don't feel safe because the world is in a great place. I feel safe because I'm a child of God. And I know that you always come through for me. And those who wait for the Lord in a quiet place that is free from worry and the love of money, not just love of money, but just the love of the things of this world. That's the hardest thing for many Christians in our generation because we love food. We love material. We love stuff yeah and god says uh, seek the kingdom yeah and righteousness all this other stuff i'll give to you right but you can't love it because mm. if you start to love this stuff right you're not good soil anymore yeah so it's such a balance you know to god i mean i'm not against money god blesses us We're, we prosper but I've got to make sure that my heart is set on him. My mind is set on him. And by making time for him every day, making time, real time for him every day, he's able to weed out, get the weeds out of my garden, get right. the unbelief, get yep. the worry, get the fear. He keeps that soil rich, but it mm -hmm. just takes time. And you have to give God the gift of time. Yeah. You know? It's the great, same with people. People need time. You can't give everybody, but you know what? When you're going to give someone, give them something real. Give them real time, you know? And if you can only do that for one or two or three people a week, yeah. fine. But you're better off to give someone something real, some real quality time than to just give a thousand people something meaningless. Right. You know? God doesn't want your leftovers. He wants mm. real time. You know, I built a cabin mm. out in the woods. Just to see, just to wait on the Lord. I, I cut down the biggest trees on this property. We call it the altar. It's a quarter section just outside of Drayton Valley. And I cut down these massive spruce trees. And we built this beautiful cabin out in the woods. I'll send you a picture of it. And uh, it's just stunningly beautiful. And all it is, it's just a place for me to go and wait. Wow. Sit and wait on the Lord. What a beautiful little, looks like a wood stove, but actually runs on propane. <laughs> it's a big propane pig. So when I show up in the morning, it's already warm. I don't have to make Incredible. it. Incredible. But this beautiful log cabin out in the trees. 
and it's just a place for me to wait. Before I had the log cabin, yeah. I, I just go and sit in my pickup truck. I get mm-hmm. away though. Remember Jesus? He would he wouldn't yeah. just get up in the morning and get on his knees. He would go away to solitary places. Why? Why? What was wrong with staying in town? No, there's something about getting out into the wilderness. Or maybe if you don't have a wilderness, if you're in the middle of the city, just go park your car at the end of a road where you can get loud. If you scream in here, your neighbors hear you or whatever, go somewhere where you can get loud, where you can get noisy and cry out to God. We have to release a groan. But if you can find a quiet place where you go and meet with him, and if you can't do it every day, do it three times a week. Start with something, you know? Yeah. But give him real time, mm. multiple times a week. Mm. He'll meet you. He'll bless you. Yeah. I'd, I'd love the physicality of that, that picture of like, you've built that in your life, but now you actually have something that kind of represents that in the natural of like, oh, I've, I've, I've honed this out. This looks like something to me. Whereas sometimes it's it's nebulous, it's ethereal. It's like how do you how do you access that? Mm-hmm. How like but for you you're like no, this this is something that's deeply important. It's rooted in something. And so out of that has come the expression of something in your life where not everyone has a piece of land that they can build a cabin on. No. But at the same time, it, it needs to look like something in our life. That- well, and it's a place. And I really believe there's something powerful about places. Mm. Not God, you know, look at all of God's close friends in history. They built altars. They mm. do that. God would meet him in a certain place and it, I'm coming back here. Mm. I'm going to put up some rocks so I remember this spot. Right. <laughs> put up a bunch of rocks and call an altar and this is the house of God. Like, really? This looks like a pile of rocks to me. But they understood. Mm. God loves it when you say, hey, Lord, I'll meet you there. Mm. I've had the Lord say that. You pick the spot mm. and I'll meet you there. But pick a spot. Right. Don't just be loose. I'll meet you. In, no. I, before I had, I mean, I haven't always had the money to buy a quarter section of land and build a cabin in the woods, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I used to, I remember one time I, I, I went out to the crown land mm. out of the woods and I built this big, beautiful, um, it was like, a, and I went way out where I knew no one would find it. I went down one cut line and then another cut. And then I found this old cut line that nobody used, went down there. And then I found this weird looking tree and I turned left of the tree. I knew no one would <laughs> find this spot. And I built a lean to, mm. I was out there. I would go out there every couple of days mm. and I built this lean to with saws and whatever. And then I brought out like a blow up mattress and I put it in there and I even put screen. I could sleep out there and not mm. get bit by bugs. And I had a little campfire mm. and I built this place and I would go out there twice a week, mm. sometimes three times a week. If I was fasting, I would go out there every day on some of my long fasts in 2018. Yeah. I would, I did these long 40, 42 day fasts and I would be out there almost every day. Mm. waiting on the Lord, sitting by that little fire. But that place, I didn't own it. It didn't cost me anything. Mm. But that place became an altar. And I'll still walk out into the woods from time to time mm. and go back to that place, to that meeting place with right. God. And God met me there. He impacted me there. He dealt with me there. We worked through stuff mm. there in that place. My wife, she will often, uh, she'll go and park at the graveyard. 
I tease her about it like, oh, the graveyard. She's like, it's quiet. Nobody else is there. It's always quiet. But she goes down by the, the graveyard and she just parks her car because mm -hmm. it's a quiet place. And if she starts to cry or worship or moan or call out to the Lord, nobody hears. She's a mile from everybody yeah. out of the graveyard. And so you don't have to have uh, a, a pile of money and go build yourself a cabin in the woods. Right. You choose the place. The Lord says, you pick the place, I'll meet you there. Yeah. But pick a place and meet him there and go back to that place and visit him again and again. We're building an altar. We had, uh, the the Lord said, you, well, at this particular time, he showed me the property. He said, you buy that place, I'll meet you there. And so we bought this quarter section and it's half trees. And we went out into the woods and we cleared this huge area and we built a stage. Well, Who's going to come to Drayton Valley? That's me and my wife. Who's going to come to Drayton? Our yeah. first gathering, 300 people came and met us out in the woods. Wow. Like, whoa. And spent the whole weekend. Mm. The next gathering, 700 people showed up mm. and met me out in the woods. Spent mm. the whole weekend worshiping the Lord, surrounded by trees. The third gathering, we had almost 2,000 people show up. It was like Woodstock. There's mm. RVs. They come with RVs, motorhomes, tents. They just fill the fields and we go out into the woods and we have this big, beautiful stage. Mm. And, and Pastor Craig Broker, he preached at that gathering. It was massive. Mm. And uh, just the presence of the Lord manifesting on this piece of land. Mm. People come back and when they come, they encounter the presence of the Holy Ghost. Right. We have intercessors praying on that land. We do we have prayer trails now, and we just before they even come, we pray and we pray, and the kingdom water levels rises. And when people step on there, we've had people step onto the property and they get healed in their bodies. Wow. Why? Because God loves places, and He loves places that are dedicated to Him and, and anointed through prayer and intercession. Yeah. And so every year, now we have another one. July 20 to 22. <laughs> I'll put the link yeah. in the description. <laughs> Thealtar.ca. Altar is spelled A-L-T-A-R. But we have another July 20 to 22. We have another gathering. I don't know how many thousands will come this year. Yeah. But they come because it's a place mm. where God meets them. It's a meeting place. And God wants for us to have corporate altars where we might go once a year or yep. a couple times. Places like IHOP. Yeah. I've been there many, many times. Why? Because God meets me there. Yeah. People say, well, you don't have to drive. You don't have to fly to Kansas to meet God. People who say that don't mm. understand the kingdom. Mm. The kingdom is not the same everywhere. Mm. It's like a cloud. It's thick here. It's thin here. Right. And where there are places where the kingdom is thick, Go. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you go? Yeah. Why would you get in your car and drive? Why would you fly there? If you yeah. know there's a place where the kingdom is thick and heavy, yeah. where hundreds or thousands of intercessors have been crying out and praying and, and, and preparing a place, yeah. a visitation, go. Go. What better thing do you have in your life? You're coming yeah. this year. Right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I yeah, am. Yeah. yeah, that's more reason to come to the altar this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have nothing better. I tell people, you have nothing better to do with your life yeah. than to go somewhere where the presence of God mm. is manifesting, yeah. you know? And, uh, and, and yes, you do have to go somewhere. Yeah. What did Jesus say? The kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field. Not any field. Not every field. Hmm. Not in every city, not in every town. Mm. It's like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man finds it, 
he hit it again. Mm. And then in his joy, he went, he sold everything he had to buy the field. There's a price to pay. Mm. He went away. Notice he says that. He went away. Mm. You got to sometimes got to go somewhere. Mm. The next parable is the, the pearl. When a man, is, the kingdom of God is like a, a, a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, mm. sold everything he had, and bought that pearl. So there is something about the kingdom that requires paying a price and going somewhere, you know. Mm. And so I love places, places. And to right. think that every one of you watching, that you could pick a place. You think about that. You pick the place and God will meet you there. But you got to come and visit him every once in a while. You pick the spot. He says, I'll meet you there. God wants to have a place, an altar just for you. And uh, I think the people who who will make the time for it, people who will yeah. wait on the Lord, build an altar and wait there, yeah. he will strengthen you. He'll manifest in mm -hmm. your life. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been preaching for a while. I'm sorry. I, I no, I don't be sorry. You. I'm talking too much, but I just you're asking good questions. Yeah, I'm passionate about this stuff. <laughs> it's great. I I love that. And <clears throat> even what you said too. I think you you kind of hit home with there's a cost, and it's like what cost do you want to pay? Yeah. You know, do you want to pay the cost of busyness and worry and doubt and fear or do I want to pay the cost to build something, mm -hmm. to establish something? Because it's like, yeah, go, but then also come back knowing that we're carriers of the kingdom. We we get that impartation and then we're able to bring that and establish yeah. that. I think, But there's often a disconnection there because it's like, okay, we go and then it's like, well, God met me there, but now he's not going to meet me here. And mm -hmm. so like the dichotomy in that is if people choose to, okay, I'm just always going to go and then I never bring it back and I lose my relationship with God anytime mm -hmm. I come back home because mm -hmm. I haven't learned how to establish something. I haven't learned mm -hmm. how to develop something. I haven't learned to work through this with the Lord and I'm relying on your relationship and your altar and the things that you have marinated in mm -hmm. and, and we always require someone else or something else mm -hmm. to be a mediator between God, which was the problem with the Israelites. They mm -hmm. didn't want their own relationship with God. Mm -hmm. They they're like, no, Moses, you, you come on our behalf and go to God because we want, we want that disconnection. We like the disconnection. And so altars are actually scary sometimes mm -hmm. because we don't understand the nature and the heart of God mm -hmm. or we don't like the cost. Mm -hmm. And we do like to think that there are superhero Christians, mm. you know, uh, out there. And if I could just get Josh to lay hands on me, if I could just get Steve to prophesy over me, if I could, if I could get Craig Broker wow. to give me a word, my life would change. Mm. And most people don't want to know, or they just would rather not believe that Steve and Josh and Craig mm. are just three guys yeah. who love Jesus, who wrestle with stuff, mm. who they're on their own journey, and they don't have a bag full of magic fairy dust. <laughs> people come to me, honestly, they're like, 
Uh, Steve, would you just lay hands on me and just cast the spirit of lust off of me so that I won't struggle with lust anymore? And I go, good luck with that. You know, like, yeah, I'm just good. <clears throat> I'll tell you what, I haven't had, uh, this is a true story. I haven't battled with lust in years. 2014, I had a major breakthrough that same year. But it wasn't because some super powerful preacher touched me and it all left. Mm. When you meditate day and night, yeah, you fill your heart mm. with righteousness, mm. and the devil doesn't want to live in you anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, demons don't want to live in you anymore. Yeah. And, and and the only way I've known to be free from lust or anything else, yeah, is to live a life of pursuing God. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind mm. on. Christ, set your mind in the word of God yeah. and he removes all that stuff. But you don't get, it's not like everybody just wants a preacher to lay hands on them. Now, I believe in healing and miracles and there is anointings and, yeah. and so go for that. But but for most of the stuff we're pursuing, it's going to happen as we pursue the Lord for ourselves. And we are not, there isn't any super Christians out there. Every single time I've had so many great mighty men of God that I've wanted to meet. And some of them I've had the privilege of becoming very close to. And every single time I've discovered they're human too. I never thought this one would be human. Oh my gosh, he's got issues too. Like they're all human. They all struggle. They're all, they're, and none of them have a bag full of fairy dust. Mm. They're all just people pursuing the Lord. And, right. and so for everyone watching, I'll tell you something, you can reach God just as easily as Josh is as easily as I can. Yeah. And God says that he's no respecter of people. He doesn't show favoritism, mm. but from every nation, the one who fears him mm. and does what is right mm. is welcome to him. Wow. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. God does not show favoritism. But in every nation, even Canada, the man who fears him, even the guy watching this video, mm. the woman watching this video, the man who fears him, now the fear of God is sliding out of our culture and out of our generation. Yep. You've got to get the fear of God back. And if you don't have, if mm. you don't, if you don't fear God, you don't know God. Mm. He is love. He's not always nice. <laughs> I fear yeah. God way more than I fear the devil. Yeah. But he says, the man who fears him and does what is right. So how you live your life matters. Mm is welcome to him. You can taste the Lord. You can mm -hmm. encounter the Lord. But you have to fear him. And you have to pursue you have to say yes to him. You got to do what's right. And it's not works. But it feels like work. Pursuing God is work, you know? And Paul talked about that. You know, it's everyone competes in the games, but only one gets the prize. Run this one who wants to win you know it, it, it's it is a labor you know it's i die daily it's it, paul says you know i want to know christ yeah it's like, what do you mean paul <laughs> if anybody knows christ it's you you're you're the apostle paul you wrote half the news and he says no no, no you don't understand there's so much more for me that i'm not entering into can you imagine paul saying that i wish i knew christ mm. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection, participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this mm. or have arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that. Mm. Paul 
I'm not there yet. That was his attitude. How much more should it be ours? He was healing the sick. He was doing the miracles. I have not arrived. I have not attained, but I'm pressing on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of Paul. Why did Paul, why did Christ Jesus take hold of Josh? Why did Christ Jesus take hold of Steve? Am I pressing forward? He even talks about straining. What is he straining for? Striving for, he talks about. Not to get to heaven when he dies. Yeah. <clears throat> he wanted to, to encounter and to experience that which Jesus took hold of him for. You know, I believe that everyone, I don't know how long your episodes are here. Oh, we're, we're coming to the end of our time. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe everybody was created <clears throat> by God mm. with a very particular design. Mm. And uh, just like a Lego box, mm. you know, you buy it, yep. there's a picture on the front, then you open it up and it looks nothing like the picture. <laughs> It's just a thousand pieces. And there's a process that takes time mm. to, to become what you were designed to be. Mm. And, and, and the Bible actually says, describing heaven, it says that uh, there'll be myriads of angels. There'll be the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. Mm. Then there'll be God, the judge of all. And then there'll be the spirits of the righteous made perfect, whoever they are. And then there'll be Jesus, the mediator of a better covenant, and then the sprinkled blood. Think about that. Here's heaven. Tens of thousands of angels. The general assembly, that's all, most Christians, you know, probably billions. <clears throat> if you ever had general admission when you go to a concert? Oh, yeah. It means you're sitting with everybody. Yeah. General assembly. <laughs> then there's God, Jesus. And right between God and Jesus is mentioned this other little group called the spirits of the righteous made perfect. Do you know what that means in the Greek? Hmm. It's the spirits of the righteous people that let God finish them. Ooh. Who's sitting between the Father and the Son? What? Hmm. Who's not getting general admission? Hmm. Who's got the backstage pass in heaven? Wow. Who's sitting nestled right? Who could ever get between a Father and a Son? Only the Son's bride. She's the only one who gets between the Father and the Son. The Spirit of the righteous made perfect. But the word perfect means complete. See that Lego box? Mm. Some people let God finish them. Mm. And many people don't. Right. And so Paul says, I want to. I'm striving to become what Jesus wanted me to be. I want to look like the picture on the box. And the ones who let God finish them, Boy, there's a good seat in heaven for them. <laughs> Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I love that so much. I haven't attained. I'm like Paul. I said, I have not yet attained. That's the mm. word. The word is teleo. It's completed. The ones who mm. are finished and completed. Right. Halfway through his life, he said, I have not been completed. I'm not teleo. But wow. you know when He was a very old man. Mm. At the end of 2 Timothy, he says, I have finally, I've run the race, I've finished my race. I, he says, I have been teleo. Wow. Finally, I became what he created me to be. And wow. he says, and now I know that there is a reward waiting for me, a crown of righteousness, not wow. only for me, hmm. but for all who love his appearing. That's me. That's you. Yeah. I love his appearing. Hmm. And, I, and for those who let God complete them and finish them, yeah. man, eternity, everything. This life is going to be better and eternity is going to be better. I love that. I love that. Um, well, Steve, 
Thank you for coming on the podcast today. As as we close, did you have any final thoughts, any anything to just drive home what we've talked about today? You know, all I would say, Romans 8, it's been on my heart all day. Romans 8, verse 5. It says, those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Mm. Those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. You get to choose every day. Every day you choose if you're going to live in the flesh or the spirit. And if you live in the flesh, guess what? God still loves you, okay? But it does say those who live in the flesh cannot please God. That's Romans 8. 8. So God loves you. You're not necessarily satisfying him the way you could. God loves you. However, if you want to live in the spirit, he says, this is how it's done. Set your mind on the things of the spirit and you will live in the spirit. And you can live a kingdom life. And you can see God kiss your life. You can see his favor on your life. You can see him turning you into the Lego set that you were created to be. God has incredible things for you. He has incredible things for everyone. But realize, not everybody enters into their destiny. It's those who set their minds on things above. Set their minds on Christ. Meditate. Marinate. Give him your mind. Give him your heart. And I promise you, he will make it worth your while. You have nothing better to do with your life than set your mind on him. That's how I'd end with. Incredible. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, we'll make sure to link everything that Steve talked about in the description. And uh, try to come out to the altar this summer. Yeah. Because he's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Um, and I've heard nothing but good things. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Love, love to have you. Love you guys. Uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye.